0: I don't care what you do. Do whatever you get into. Just don't half-ass it. How about that? Like, leave it all out there. If you become a professional educator, if you become a cop who's a trainer, you be, whatever you do, just don't halfway do it.
1: Hey, guys, if you missed out on the last conference in Nashville, Tennessee, you don't want to miss out on the next one. It's April 28th through May 3rd, Orlando, Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You made a mistake missing the last one. You don't want that to happen again on this one. Five days of some of the best training you're ever going to experience packed into one event. We have an early bird special right now. $50 off. Use 24 early bird on our website, streetcop.com. Look for the conference. Click the link. Register today. If you want to get significantly better at this profession in five days, don't dare miss out on the 2024 Street Cop Conference. One, be a street
0: cop you know you think about the last several dark years you know where our profession gets slandered a lot but you know we're coming out of that and I think I, honestly like in hindsight all of the defund the police nonsense I think I think that's been one of the better things for our profession because it in some places they let it run its course and you know the experiment was a failure. Everywhere, everywhere that said, you know, we're going to we're going to defund or unfund or underfund, um, you know, fire the whole the whole police force um, because, you know, they are allegedly the problem. Well, that experiment has been allowed to run. And every single place that that has happened, crime went through the roof. Shocker. Um, and the police were called in to resolve the problems. And, I, you know, in 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 the next you know chapter of history nobody's going to try that again for quite a while because they realized, yeah, we tried it. It sounded like a great idea. It was an abject failure. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of times things that we tend to think, man, that's the worst thing. uh, You just kind of, you know, hang on, ride through it. And on the other side, you know, we're not out there standing on the street corner saying, I told you so. um, But the, the experiment failed. I mean, shockingly enough, there is, there is incivility, there's evil, there's, you know, just meanness, um, you know, criminality, and you have to have some dividing line between all of that and civil society. And so, you know, that's uh, it, you know, it sounds elementary, but we had to let the experiment run in certain places. And you know, again, shocker, it was a failure. So,
1: yeah, some of us with brains, uh, maybe the two people on this podcast, at least I can call it for this moment, <laughs> uh, had a funny feeling this wasn't going to work out. And you know what? Well, you say that we were on out there saying, "Ha ha ha!" I told you so. I am. I mean, I do it all the time. I do it on social media constantly.
0: That's right. It's fair. It's exactly right. Um, But, you know, you kind of love it. And, you know, the cool thing is a lot of, you know, the folks just hung in there. You know, all the, we say it all the time, all the valorous young gals and girls, you get guys and gals that are in the profession, they hung in there, um, you know, stayed the course and let history prove us right. And, um, yeah, I guess it is kind of, it is kind of redeeming on the other side of it.
1: I'm really proud of those who, toughed it out. And I got to be honest with you, I think 99% of people stuck around. Yeah. yeah, Nobody actually left.
0: No. And I'm going to tell you, this is what's interesting. I have, um, you know, again, we're a fairly large agency. We've got about, Six hundred cops, six hundred sworn folks, um, another hundred and fifty or so non-sworn folks. So you know we're we're I think we're the 60th largest agency in this in the country, something like that. So we've got a pretty good you know pretty good survey of 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 what the dynamics look like. We had some people leave the profession during all that because you know again particularly in all the riots in 2020, you know 17 hour days, you know two weeks working at a time, sunburnt. Bottles thrown at them. Racist nonsense thrown at them. You know, they're in the middle of tear gas and wearing gas masks and getting having to come back day after day. There was there was there was some people who who did a gut check and said, this is not my thing. And that's OK. You know, I respect that. You know, we always respect that because, you know, it's 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 courageous, in my opinion, to, to gracefully say this is not for me. So we had we had some people leave. Um, We had, the, like you said, the vast majority of the folks, again, 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, just stayed the course, slept in cots at our headquarters building overnight and came back again day after day, just miraculous. Um, But then I'm going to tell you what's even cooler. We had some folks here, and I'm sure it was elsewhere, that had left the profession and came back during that chaos. I got one particular guy here in the agency Um, He he was a detective when he left. Um, John Matthews is his name. He left um, to pursue other avenues. And in the height of think about this, in the height of 2020, in the height of bedlam chaos, we felt like the whole country was melting down. Um, You know, salaries were our salaries were still underpaid. Um, He he in that moment said, that's what I'm called to do. He was watching this stuff on the news and he realized There is nowhere else I want to be. I want to be back there on those streets, shoulder to shoulder with my brothers and sisters helping to hold the fabric of society together. And you had guys like that and gals like that that came back. I remember I was, um, uh, you know, I got called as one of his background references and the background investigator said, what can you tell me about this person? I said, he's. Taking a significant pay cut to come back to our profession in the height of chaos. Think about that. (laughs) Does anything else need to be said? Uh, This is the kind of person you want here. And he was just a microcosm of what we saw. Again, we keep saying it. The right people find their way to this profession because not to chase money or not to chase fame, but because they want to help out. They want to have hands-on experience holding things together and protecting the righteous from, you know, just hardship and darkness. It's, it's, it's truly miraculous. And the more I think about it, we're just so ungrateful as a, just as a society, we're so ungrateful. I mean, I'm saying me too. I mean, I I can, I can easily leave here and just, you know, bellyache and whine about what's wrong, but I mean, that's just a glimpse of it. We're, We're ungrateful. I think about that all the time.
1: I think because they don't know how good they have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just get to go to bed. I mean, you know, we got three hundred and ten thousand citizens in the city and, um, you know, a lot of them think about what we're doing while they sleep. And some of them don't. Some of them hate us without, you know, without, you know, just truly through ignorance. But either way, you just get to go home and, you know, have a good time in the yard with your kids and, you know, enjoy your wife and make dinner and grill out. And then you you just get to go to bed and you get to wake up tomorrow and, you know, everything is as it is. And all night long, you have 20 to 25 to 30 year olds out here running call to call to hold it all together. Like, that's just, we're too ungrateful, for sure. I
1: mean, even go bigger picture, I think a lot about people in other countries and significantly more unfortunate circumstances, yep. where they're just praying that somebody rescues them yeah. from their life Yeah, yeah. of literally sure. living under complete tyranny. Yes and threat of violence rape yeah you know unconstitutionalities through the roof and people sit here yeah. and they're arguing about the dumbest shit you can always tell when I like you know, I do peruse on foxnews.com and the reason I do that is one I go on there essentially to look for stuff that we can comment on yeah i don't let it really form opinions for me i just look for stuff because typically you'll find pro police or at least stuff that sheds light on the epidemic of police, the police profession in this country at the moment, you know, and and they're trying to show how ridiculous it has been. So I need to collect data from that, but yep. it's interesting. Lately, there hasn't been a lot of really juicy quote unquote, and I'll say bleeding for the most part right. news clips or anything newsworthy. Yep. And they go into just, Anything they can find. You can always tell what's going on in, the, in this country, essentially, in some sense, with what's making headline news. I mean, the big stuff this past weekend yep. was Taylor Swift was here on Long Beach Island in New Jersey.
0: <laughs> that's a good weekend
1: <laughs> as a nation. They had, had to like shut down the island, dude. It's a
0: big island. Wow. So that was the big news yeah, for the country. The, yeah, that's the biggest headline that we have going down this weekend, uh, you know, which is amazing. Which is honestly.
1: It's actually a relief in yeah. some sense that there was no mass slayings, no cops being killed.
0: Yeah. Um, no, right you know,
1: right. that's a however, that's our biggest problem at the moment. When you right. go to these other third world countries. Yeah. Um, I mean, people yeah. are
0: literally hiding for their lives. Yeah. No water. Escaping. Think about that. Yeah. Everybody. Man, no water. Right. right. It's it's you can, pr- providing for your family. Like we think about you know, you're right. I think our our threshold of where we as Americans choose to lose our minds is way too low. Uh, You know, the the Internet's slow. Oh, good. Yeah, I can't get I can't get Wi-Fi on the plane. Uh, So I'm going to I'm going to pull the I'm going to pull the emergency, you know, slide and go to jail and lose my mind. Uh, That's just what are we doing? Um, Sometimes I think we need some like we actually need some crises every once in a while. They're actually good for us. I mean, all, all of you look at all of history. Anytime there's been great crises is when people get very mentally healthy uh, and come together. You think about right after 9-11, you think about the, the London bombings, you think about anything like that. You ha- you see society get real cohesive. You see people get, you know, like mental health gets very, very healthy because folks realize, oh, there's you know, there's actually real problems. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a refreshing weekend. You're right to not have, you know, to not be covering a active shooter somewhere. Um, or, you know, a a riot over some cop, you know, making a bad decision, but, uh, yeah, we should be grateful for it. We should pause and say, I'm grateful for this weekend, as opposed to just not even noting it like you're noting it. That's important. I pause and I'm grateful for things all the time. And especially,
1: um, my children. And I literally have been doing this thing with my daughter, namely, where I don't know, you know, she's such a doll but I'll like look at her eyes and just stare in her eyes and she'll like stare back at me. Yes. It'll we'll be locked just looking at each other for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then she'll start laughing. But <laughs> for me, I am so thankful yeah. that I get to live this life. Right. Yeah, And I'm not saying the life of like, then we fly off in my helicopter to my private jet. No, right. I'm saying this life where I get to live in a place where these kids can feel a life of joy.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. And almost painless compared to the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And that's the, you know, those are, you know, people always say, you know, life is, you know, we tend to think life is grand and large, but life's made out of of those, you know, those, those incidents like that, those six hours where you're hanging out and playing or, you know, that one hour at dinner each night. Like, that's what life's about. But, you know, it's, it, it, it is what, it is why we choose to do this job, Right. Um, I was teaching uh some uh active active assailant active shooter response for some schools and school personnel and the second slide uh you know when I build build this presentation just to picture my kids and um the point is like look let's let's realize why we even are doing this and why we do this as a profession why we spend time to train these educators on how to respond and protect the, the greatest assets are, you know, our, our greatest, some of our greatest sense of, you know, sit, uh, sources of joy. And um, so that's, I mean, we, we really do need to keep, I, I think it's, it's hard to do. I mean, I understand like life is hectic, life is busy, life is stressful. You know, you got things pulling you, but man, if you don't, if you don't slow down, like you were saying, and just note what you have to be grateful for, it's just, I mean, it's a very shallow life. I I, don't, I just, I don't think it's a good plan. And I try to remind myself that as often as possible. Um, it's hard to do, man, but that's it's what makes this makes our existence unshallowed, I think.
1: Play this constant balance of like the obligations that I have as my role in society now. As weird as that sounds, yep. I realize that a lot of people are depending on me yes. and this company and everybody else here. But you know, essentially it really falls that back on me right. to be showing up a lot. But at the same time, there's four little people that's right who also expect me to show up quite a bit. And yep unfortunately um there are many times where i sacrifice them but there's also sometimes where i sacrifice this profession yeah uh, for them and yeah. and it's a balance back and forth and there's no right or wrong and if i get it wrong it wasn't intentional it's just uh you know i'm always reminded after i teach a class that when somebody says to me happens every so often hey man um you know i had this traffic stop like 3 weeks after class if i didn't take your fucking class or if you didn't do that podcast, I yeah. would have been killed. Yeah. And yeah. so my kids have a father now. So huge. Yeah. when I'm on a plane and I'm missing something important, yeah. which to me, almost everything's important, Yeah, but namely something really significant. Um, I've missed many of my kids learning how to ride a two-wheeler. Yeah. I've missed kids losing teeth. I've missed birthday parties. I've missed moments and kids walking. Uh, I'd watch my daughter walk via FaceTime. Um, with their brothers cheering her on, it was a wonderful thing. It was captured, but I wasn't there to see it. Yeah, thank God for technology. Um, right. But I have to remember that there's also three kids somewhere that their parents are able to be there for them at their baseball game because of the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that's the way you know. That's that's how you see those things because every you know. Our professional life our home life our family life it is a constant battle i mean it's a constant like trying to figure out how to balance all of that well and you know i I have definitely certainly not done that well over you know over my career some at some chapters i've done it better than others um but you know i was talking to um I was talking to my lieutenant the other day and we were just talking about something similar like that, like work life balance. And, you know, I've got a—I had an old mentor in policing um, that uh, when I got on the SWAT team years ago, he was he was kind of my mentor. Um, He's long since retired, but he's he's kind of like an old sage, like an old Jedi. And uh, I still talk to him and bounce ideas off of him. He's actually running a class for us here in a couple of weeks. Um, his name is Eddie Summers, old dog handler, just a grizzled sagely guy. And one of his big, biggest pieces of advice, particularly in this line of work is like, look, when you're at work, you're at work hundred percent. There's no distractions. Like there's no calls from home. Like if it's a call from home, the house should be on fire. Um, because you're like this job requires such dedication and such focus, like such intense focus to do your job well and to stay safe. The other side of that. And he's always said this, when you're at home, you're at home. Like, wherever you find yourself, you're 100%. When you're at home, you're not, you know, juggling all that, taking phone calls in the middle of the night over some parking issue and, you know, getting texts from, you know, community groups about some, you know, some, you know, challenge they've got going on. No, no, no. When you're at work, you are 100% in, like all in. And when you're not, you're 100% not there. That's the way that you keep balance, you know, appropriate. I think, I think we, not just as cops, but as Americans, I think we make ourselves far too accessible. Um, I don't think that's wise. Um, I'm not saying like, you know, throw your cell phone in the river and go dark, you know, forever and have a P.O. box and, you know, like Ted Kaczynski. But I am saying I I think there's I think there's wisdom in being wholeheartedly wherever you are. If you're at home, you're at home. If you're at work, you're at work, keeping those distinctly separate and, you know, not commingling them. You 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 know, like you're talking about your time with your kids. You're not taking phone calls. You're not solving problems right there. You're you're unreachable. That's that. I think that's healthy.
1: There's actually a lot of opportunities that people miss when they have an opportunity to be with their kids. Yes. And it's missed because of one thing that people tend to do with children and something that I do not do with kids. And I watch it all summer. I'll watch it all winter.
0: I know what you're going to say.
1: And it's... All right. What You want to write down what I'm going to say? Well, why don't you see Write down what I'm going to say and then we'll see if we, we line up. All right. I got you. It's the introduction of
0: alcohol. Is that where you're going to go with it? No, but I know what you're talking about. I was going to say uh, parents, like when I see dads with their cell phones in the park or at the pool, and they're. I want to. to- I, want,
1: I want. I want to. I want to refute that for a second too, because right. I had somebody else in the past bring this up, and I'm going to refute that just a tad, because right. sometimes I am the father with the cell phone, and I'll explain why.
0: Yeah, but I, so there's two different ways to look at it. I can, you can, I can. We're paid trained observers. I can tell. When a person is intently solving a problem with with haste on the phone, it, there's an intense, intense look. You can, they're solving a problem. They're in the, they're in the moment. They're going to handle it. They're going to hit send and it's over. That is wholeheartedly a different posture than this. Interesting. Interesting. Swiping, swiping. When I see that in the park, I want to skip the cell phone across the river. Like I want to grab it and <laughs> yeah. throw it across the river because like you said, that, that window, that time, you can't get it back. It's gone. You know,
1: you can't. And I, that's what I was going to defend. You will see me at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu two to three times a week. Yep. Sitting there. I actually miss some things, but the only way I am there is because I can bring my work with me. Right. So while I might miss 25% of stuff that happens, I will be there for 75% because I get to glance up here and there and keep an eye on things. And, but, you know, again, I see these people. And I, I say this to the audience here today to maybe put some framework into your brain of, you know, it really is disheartening to watch people have to get shit faced. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. everything they do with their kids, with them. I I saw a girl years ago, I was working as a cop, I went to high school, but she doesn't listen to this podcast. And I hadn't seen her since high school, It's probably 15 years at that point. And she came in with her kid, her daughter was like eight or 10 years old. And dude, it's like 11 in the morning, they came to see a boy band that I was watching and she reeked of booze. Oh, God, so and I was like, yeah, yeah, it was like 11 in the morning. I'm like... And she's like, yeah. She's like, I had to stop and get some drinks here at at Applebee's. Golly.
0: And I'm like, man, like you're missing this whole thing. You're missing the whole thing. You're dulling who you are. Um, You know, that's, for instance, that, you know, the vision of these kids hanging out with you. Yeah. I mean, they've got all these great memories of you and, you know, you're a great sense of joy. But it takes one encounter where you, you know, maybe – have a few too many, and then you, you're curt with them, right. Or you're just dull with them. You're just flatlined, you know, cause you're apprehensive about what you know, you've know you been drinking and you can undo that. I mean, it, it's not, it, that is an easy sacrifice. That's a wise sacrifice for sure. And, you know, you see this, you know, I've always said like, you know, I'm not, I would not be a fan of legal prohibition, but you can make a case for it because almost all of police work, almost all of the problems that my folks are out here solving today, um, or have, have something to do with some kind of inebriating substance. And most of it is alcohol. It's interesting. So it, it's just discipline or not. I mean, you know, you, you, you have that, you have your drink in in with your people, with your team, at your event, at your party, at your house and you're disciplined. And then you don't, when you're, you know, you get off the plane and you're getting ready to get picked up for your next speaking event and you hit the, the airport bar for three drinks and then you're no, di- no. It, it's not wise. It's not wise. Be a professional, be a pro,
1: you know, Here's a little confession. Sometimes when I have a very long trip and it's daunting and I usually have a red eye home, this may sound a little contradictory to my machismo uh persona that many people may see. I might have a glass of white wine when I get on the plane.
0: There you go. Nice. Yeah. A little chilled, a little bit. Oh, you're exactly right. No, that's that's a little Chardonnay. the
1: only <laughs> time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever they got. You know, they don't have too many <laughs> options on a plane.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: and so yeah, but I won't ever drink on the way to somewhere. No, no. But it's got to be like nine o'clock. I'm getting on the plane. It's a three yep. hour flight. Yep. And usually I'm snoozing by the time I have one glass of wine. I'm right. So exhausted.
0: Little little plastic bottle of Behringer or Sutter Home or something like that. There you
1: go. I mean, you you obviously instruct. It's very comical, and I'll give some people another behind the scenes what it feels like to be working for this company or an instructor. Something I hear from new instructors all the time, especially if they run their first program or working out the kinks. That's why they're always free the first one around, unless you've been an existing instructor and you just want to come under the umbrella of the company, which happens. I will hear from them. They're like, dude, I'm fucking exhausted. I'm like, bro, like it is, it is so exhausting. Yeah,
0: that that means they did it well. That means they did it well. That's what you want to feel like at the end of the day. Um, yeah, if, if you get done with the, with the end of a like a seven eight hour training day and you just you feel great and you you know your voice is not taxed and you know you're you're good to go another six rounds you did you, you did not leave it all out there I mean at the at the at the beginning of very I taught a class last week um, on sovereign citizens anti government folks and I you know one of my early slides just kind of gives the outline of the class and. Um, One of them is, look, I'm going to give you 110% because that's the way I do everything. All I ask from you as an audience is 70%. That just means like don't fall asleep, right? Um, we're going to make this 70 30 entertainment to education. We're going to have a good time. You're going to learn a lot, uh, but I'm going to be waxed. I'm going to be completely tired. Um, and on the breaks, I don't want to take a lot of questions. Like, that's breaks for me. I think it's for you, but those breaks, man, I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, pause. And at the end of the day, I get home. I can't, I can't talk well. That means you left it out there. That's a professional. And that's what you ask of your folks. And that's what, you know, our folks that come, come and sit in your training. I tell, I tell the folks when I teach, I'm like, look, you could be doing anything. You don't get so many you don't get but so many hours in life. You need to treat them with respect. I respect the fact that you chose to come in here. You could be doing anything else. And so I'm going to give you 110%. I think that's respectful. And that's how, you know, the the best instructors like you do that. Do that. Um you, you come in, you kill it. You leave it all out there and when you go home, you collapse. It's exactly right.
1: Lunch is something that a lot of people invite me to lunch and and it's fine. I mean, I I understand it's tiring. The the I just I can't do it. One, yep. I know what you want to get from me at lunch, which is fine. I have no issue with it. I get that I'm this guy now. Yeah, Great. It's a real honor. No shit. But don't forget, I'm not just the guy in the podcast. I'm not just the guy on Instagram. I'm not the guy on TikTok. I actually run a company too. Right. So lunchtime, and on top of that, I'm a father of four, and I've got other thousands, of other fucking problems in my life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have an hour while I'm here between my 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. finish. Right. That usually I'm on six hours sleep because I flew in the day before. So, uh, one, I have to get that stuff done. But, two, you're going to be very disappointed with me when I sit at your table and you want to fire questions and get to know me. Right. And I can't talk to you. Yeah. So, often, I just don't. Even for, like, dude, it's rare that I'll actually go to lunch with somebody. Generally, it's somebody who I've known for a very long time. Yes. And I'll go to lunch with them because I have a friendship that pre-exists the classroom. That's right. And maybe I won't see them in part, of, they're part of the country. They'll come to class. Yeah. And uh, or there's a, a really good reason why I would go to lunch. But even at lunch, I mean, I'm just it's just how I balance things. And yeah. even at my conference, people might notice that you start seeing less of me at about the end of Wednesday. Right. I physically can't. My body is like shutting down and it's not that I'm moving. People don't know what goes on behind the scenes, right? So somebody said the other day, like, Hey, you know, if you looked at that conference, you attended it, you would have thought it was flawless, but nobody had an idea that there were 25 of us behind the scenes running around like insane people the entire time. And so on top of that, everybody comes there, you pay your VIG, you get time with every instructor, me, we were purposely, and we will always go out to where everybody's going. Yes. Because it means a lot and we know that, you know, but we still understand why you're here, what you want to get, and that you want to have experiences with all the instructors. Yeah. We're so honored. We'll always do that. But yeah, it beats the piss out of you. My first conference, I literally came home from Atlantic City. I sat down on my couch at 12 o'clock and I literally opened my eyes again at six in the afternoon. And then you I slept another that. 12 hours that night. <laughs>
0: Yep. Hey, you left it on the field, man. That's what it's for. I mean, I, you know, it, it's it's the same applies like whatever, you know, we've told our kids this for forever. And I tell young young cops the same thing. I don't care what you do. Do whatever you get into. Just don't half ass it. How about that? Like, leave it all out there. If you become a professional educator, if you become a cop who's a trainer, you be, whatever you do, just don't halfway do it like go all in it's there's no, and you know, what's interesting too, you collapse, you, you wake up catatonic on your couch, but that is a good, that's a really it's strange to say, but that's a very good feeling. Like you earn that you're not just tired cause you're a slouch and you're not used to getting after it. You're tired because you left it all out there. And that's, that's how, you know, you, you hit the bed at the end of the day like that, you know, you, you truly do sleep the sleep of the innocent because you're like, man, I left it all out there. I, like I earned this rest. I earned this sleep. I'm exhausted. And and it makes sense. I'm not just tired. Um, I smashed it today. And that's a good feeling. I love that feeling. People here, when I used to run a two-day program and do them back to back
1: on the road, three, four, five, six hours flights apart from each other. No. People here would say, How do you do it? And I have to be honest with you. I went through three police academies. Yeah. And, you know, I know that some people are like, Well, what does that mean? I know, like I was just in Minnesota. They go to like college. They don't actually have a former police academy with drill instruction and PT. Yeah. Um. It's very, very like watered down classroom. Mm. There is none of that. Yeah. But in New Jersey, 22 years ago, I think the best thing I ever learned was finding myself in my first police academy because it was very, yeah. very hard. Yeah. And I could tell you, my third day, I considered quitting. Yeah. I had never been through something like that in my life. Nobody prepared yeah. me, and I was overwhelmed and beaten. And I did some soul searching and said, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go back and. To this day, that's probably one of the top three best decisions of my life. Yes, because oddly enough, the next day was easier.
0: Yeah, that's it. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes like just hanging in there. You know that that's a, that's an old mantra that everybody passes around. You know, just make it to lunch, or just make it to the next evolution, or the next day. But it's true. I mean, you almost always find that you're tougher than you think. And, you know, hanging in there, resilience is like a muscle. Um, you know, you exercise it incrementally. You hang out, hang out one more day. I'm coming back tomorrow. I don't know about next month, but I'm coming back tomorrow. And then you make it through the next day. You're tighter with your team. You've accomplished another day. You've learned another skill. Maybe you've mastered something that you were poor at yesterday. Um, and that's, you know, honestly, that's the best way to approach anything. It's like, I'm going I'm to give it all I can today. And, you know, and then we'll do it again tomorrow. That's it.
1: Well, in that academy, I learned that I had way more gas than I ever thought I had. I had a reserve tank I had no idea about.
0: about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's what and that's, that's what it taught power.
0: me. Yeah. That, and that's a superpower, man. Um, you know, we, we I teach our kids the same thing. We talk about that all the time. Like, you, you know, if you can go, you know, every, we, we, we always tell the kids like coaches love hustle and they love like kids that get after it and, you know, on a break, on a water break in the middle of your whatever volleyball tryout. All the other kids are sitting down drinking. If they see you up, you know, slamming the ball, walking around, moving around like that sticks out because you're giving it your all. Right. You you, you can go one more whatever minute, hour, day. It's always the case. And and that's just and, and that's so cool. When you see either a young kid or a, or a young cop realize that they push through it like they entered the academy, and they couldn't run whatever, three miles. And then by the end, you're on these group runs for five and six miles. And they can't even imagine not being able to do two miles. Like they can't imagine that. So it's it's a um, like that's super impressive when you push them through. But it does take uh, you know you, you don't just you don't you can't just often do that by yourself. You need the encouragement and prodding of a of a, a sagely type individual, right? Somebody that's a little farther down the road. That's why you have PTOS. That's why you have you know salty old sergeants that tell them, look, you can do it. Like let's go, let's go. Um, I lo- I love watching that stuff. That's great.
1: My kids bear witness. To my work ethic, and I don't give credit out a lot, especially to my parents. But my father worked a lot, probably more than he probably could have worked a little smarter, a little less. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. And yeah, I really didn't have a relationship with my father on a respectful adult level until I was about twenty-two, mm-hmm. and then we were we were cool from that point forward. Really, not too much friction. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know. They were always, my father was always interested in the work. Uh, he liked my father, big, big cop buff. Yeah. Anyway, I called yeah. him one time. He said, you know, uh, he called me. So, what do you got going on? He says, ah, you know, I worked last night. I got, uh, I got up this morning. I had to go work a construction job. That goes till five. And then I'm going to work tonight. I got to go home, take a shower. I don't think I'm able, able to catch a nap. But I got to go back to work at this community center tonight for a four-hour detail. Yeah, I'm a hustler, right? So I like I, oh, yeah. I I I like the money. I like all like I just like to win. Yep. And I'm like, damn, um, I'm exhausted. He goes, how much sleep did you get last night? I said like six and a half, seven. Yeah. Just finished my four, and he's like, uh, you know, then it's very funny that you're complaining. He's like, you know, how many times I got two hours of sleep and went back to work, well, and dude. you're on the phone complaining to me because you got. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey kiddo. He goes. He goes, hey kiddo. You know, I did this my whole fucking life. So don't, don't, you're, you're maybe you want to go yeah. complain to somebody else, but you're talking to the wrong guy. That's, yeah. my father. Well, people will say my family, like, oh, you have your father's work ethic. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think we're completely different people for the most part. Right. Maybe. I think I was just one of those people who has a very strong work ethic.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 And that's a gift. I mean, honestly, man, it's a gift. If if you think there's there's one thing that's the rarest commodity in the United States right now, it's work work ethic. Sure. Um, sure. Our three kids right now started a mowing you know they're 10 12 and 14 they started a mowing business last summer and um you know their their little checking accounts are significant at this point like a lot of legos can be purchased at this point with their checking yeah. accounts. but i tell them all the time like if, if you will sweat and you will hustle you will never never be poor you will always you will always nice. be like needed and necessary and if you you know just the idea that you can hustle and you can work harder than other than other folks you you'll always win i mean it, it's it's easy um and so yeah that that from your dad whether you know though it was translated poorly it sounds like um you you know you saw him you saw him getting up you saw him hustling you saw him coming always trying, him from work yeah and that's a gift man i mean you know i can't imagine i'm this and i come from you know my dad had the same work ethic i can't imagine coming home and my dad just be like taking a nap in the middle of the the day or like like that's so such an alien idea like my dad would get home from work he'd be max he'd be worn out because he worked hard. And then, you know, we'd eat and, and go to bed and he'd knock it out again. Like, that's a gift to you and me. And, um, yeah, it, it's interesting that, you know, that that it stuck, that, that it adhered for us, you know. Hey,
1: guys, follow us on all social media platforms to include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have so much information going out every single day. And we don't want you to miss out on any of that stuff. So check it out. Go give us a follow. I had a lot of questions and a lot of topics we could have talked about. But, you know, as this comes to a close, it's not the close of Captain Corey Flowers now. Uh, maybe one day chief Corey flowers. We'll see, but what uh, kind of feedback have you been getting from doing this podcast? Do people actually listen to it that you know?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I didn't know. Um, I've, you know, everybody's got their own habits. I've got podcasts that I listen to. I, you know, I I listen to this podcast now since I've become involved and gotten a lot out of a lot of the speakers, but yeah, a lot of um, I'll I'll call it like the younger generation here at the agency of like go-getters is in my, is what I've seen is who tracked the podcast. I mean, I've got, you know, young guys that, you know, they've known me, I, you know, I train them at the range. I train, you know, I help with training in the Academy. I'm always around. Um, but for whatever reason now they're like, Hey, I heard you on the podcast. Like that's a, like it's, you know, and it's real, it's real interesting. And the, you know, a lot of these guys are like, Truly, you know, some of them have, have paid their own way to go to your conferences. You know, they're they're asking me, you know, can we get some of these classes here? Can you can you find out? Like, can could we? Can, I want to get in the in this class here, and and it's interesting, man, to 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 see because, like we always say, you know, I, I if I if I had my preference, I am not whether it's this agency or any agency. We do not want just people, right? Uh, A lot of the old, you know, business books say people are the most important resource. And I just wholeheartedly disagree with that, particularly in our line of work. What we want is the right people. Right. We don't want people. We don't want numbers of people. We want the right people. So you got, you know, P1s, which for us is folks that have been here like less than three years. And they're out here wanting to know about interdiction and they're wanting to know about how to spot guns on folks in the street. They want to know how to do those roadside interrogations where, you know, you use theatrics and the dynamics of speech to get confessions. Um, they, they're looking to the sources and one of the great places they go is to street cop and street cop podcasts because they listen to a lot and they glean and they study, they study a lot of these topics like an MBA student is studying today to get a, to get a graduate degree. It's really interesting. And so I've enjoyed those conversations, um, you know, for, for me and for me and you, we're just having we're just talking. We're just talking about stuff. I mean, I tell them a lot of times, yeah, Dennis is a great dude. We just we don't never have a plan. We just hit record and he says what do you want to talk about? And we always talk about cool things. And those are the best conversations anyway. But I, I have, you know, a lot of times guys will come in here and they're wearing their street cop hats and different things that they, <laughs> it's great, man. And I see it and I'm like, oh, it's interesting, man. They're they're all in, they're big fans. Um, because honestly, there's so much, there's a lot of I'll call it like really cheap regurgitated, you know, bullcrap police training that exists. I mean, you can go go and Google and Wikipedia, all manner of stuff. Um, But as far as like proactive, uh, innovative, aggressive, assertive training, there's not a lot of it. Um, And so, you know, these the the right folks, guys, guys and gals go to this source, which has been neat to watch for sure.
1: I wonder how you can train cops without the word proactive in it when essentially the core of our job yeah. is to be proactive. And I mean the sense of in every way, shape, and form, you see that kid crying on the corner, yeah. you should be proactive to go put your arm around that kid and say, is everything okay? Yep. You, you know, even if you're in the community affairs division, you should be proactive to go and make sure that people at the old folks home are all right. Yep. You should be proactive right. in the school if you're an SRO to form and bond relationships and continue to make sure that things are improving and getting better. That's right. So when you have a lackadaisical training company or a training that people go to, yeah. one, it's just brutal for the end user. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand what the mindset is behind it. And I think that word proactive gets misconstrued because even in the business world, any training you're going to is training to help you improve and be proactive Yes, in right. in developing your business or your professionalism. So it's very, very – but I have received a fuck ton of feedback from these podcasts with you people yeah. really really like you
0: well i mean that's cool and I, you know whatever that's great i I, I like the, you know the content the subject of what we're talking about is you know it's just and i don't know you know unfortunately you can't i don't think you can gain a lot of this type of stuff we're talking about in five six years it's, it's just honestly like old man old cop talk is what we're doing here but yeah you know the idea of being proactive you know, if we say one thing on the range, if we say one thing on the shoot house, if we say one thing in the training scenarios, we say a thousand times, we're constantly telling folks, find a job, find something to do. There's always something to do. If you're on a takedown, there's always something to do. Look around, find a problem, solve the problem, right? I mean, it's continually, and that's, that's being proactive. I told you when I first took over this division, one of the things I told all 70 folks under my command here is I want all y'all to be problem solvers. Solve your own problems. Figure it out. If you have to call your boss, I want you to have a solution and you offer it. And as long as it's, you know, not way crazy, uh, he or she's gonna say, do it. Uh, we want you to be proactive. I want you to solve your own problems. That's what police work is at, at its essence, is just proactively solving problems. I I really, you know, the the least enjoyable police work is the reactive call, you know, report taking type stuff, you know, two hours after the B&E and you get there and you document it. That's not, it's not really police work. That's, you know, that's documentation for insurance and different things. But like proactive policing is what makes cities safer. And it's what makes a lot of these young folks that track this podcast fulfilled in their professional capacity. Um, You know, learning how to be proactive and getting the green light to be able to do that. The first thing
1: I wrote when we started talking earlier was this, and it's, I wrote, all cops want to do is do police work. (laughs) Yeah, They just want to be cops. And if you just let them be cops and let them do police work and you give them the adequate tools, resources, and training to go out and do the work, and you give them the administrative support, they're going to solve your problems for you. Yeah, But you got to let them off the leash. And unfortunately, we know that probably the biggest issue in this profession is the leadership. Yeah, and yeah. there's there's no question about it. And I got to tell you, my friends like you and other people who are great leaders, who are in the inner circles of things, who do have a real good pulse on what leadership is, mm-hmm. when they go to these other meetings or these associations,
0: yeah,
1: you know, like what do you what does a guy like you and this has nothing to do with you because I don't want you to answer this for your own professional standards oh, and yeah. and and career. Uh, but I'll say to them, like you know, what does a guy like you feel like in a room like that? Right, and are like I, literally got to this level because I can't stand the people that I'm in these rooms with <laughs> and they have just lost so much fucking touch with reality Yeah, and they, how they see we get, there's a guy in New Jersey who was teaching leadership that everybody got sent to and yeah. all his whole leadership thing. I, I heard, listen, believe me, I heard it's fucking horrendous. I don't think anybody even goes to it anymore. And you know, it starts out with like discipline. How do you discipline people? How do you track discipline? You yeah. know, like, and, and like, so if that's your mindset <laughs> and you're a leader, you fucking missed Already. You've yes. lost. Yep. We don't we don't solve problems through discipline. Right. That's just not how it works. Right. Everybody yes. can be yes. reasoned with and talked to. Is right. there going to be these times where you realize there's a problem that yes. has to get resolved?
0: Yeah.
1: Sure. But like it doesn't mean with one broad stroke of a pen, you encompass everybody under the same umbrella that if you fuck up, even though you might be good. Yeah. If you fuck up, I got to do what I did to him
0: because it's only fair. Yeah. You think about a guy, think about the kind of person that aspires to discipline folks. That is the, that is the exact person. You do not want to have that authority. Like you should be, as a, as a leader, you should be aspiring to motivate, to drive, to encourage. Um, and then discipline is an unfortunate part of that, but you gotta, you gotta be competent at it too. But to aspire to, man, I can't wait till I can discipline folks. God, that is so, that is so unhealthy. It's terrifying, dude. Yep.
1: It sure is. One of the, one of the worst things of being an owner of a company is you know, first of all, I, I want to say this, that there is nobody here that I can't talk to like an adult. However, there have been times as I've learned through my life that there are people I can't even talk to. Yeah. And so for that reason, those people fail to thrive in my environment because I cannot, the conversation years ago, and I'm like, I can't come in here and be a kindergarten teacher right. for 35 year old adults. Yeah. So- yeah. I'm proud to say right now that, yes, we have a meeting once a week. I got to give guidance a little bit of where the ship's going this week. Yep. But there's not one person here that I have to micromanage. And that's that's by design. Yes. And so everybody here loves this place because I've had to do the work of getting rid of those who are disrupting what we have here. It's a very special thing. Very, very wonderful place to come to.
0: Yeah, getting rid of the, getting rid of the wrong people is, I'll say, more important than even finding the right people. Yeah, you got to. Right. They got to go. Sometimes you got to be severe. Unfortunately, but yeah, this is not a good fit. Um, you know, it's however you want to view that. It's not you. It's a, I, I, whatever. It's not a good fit. You don't. You don't track with the vision. You know. Best of luck. That's okay. Now you're disrupting other people here. We had people,
1: and then what's the crazy thing is you get two of those people together and they find each other. Forget it. Now you
0: got. Now it's you got an you army forming. That's right. Yeah. They're not oh. twice as bad. They're like, they, it compounds. They're like 50 times more of a problem.
1: Yep. And then they then they start looking to recruit other folks.
0: Oh yeah. Toxic. They got, yeah. You, you got to get, you got to dig that out for sure. Yeah. That's quick. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. 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 And, and that that's, that's huge. We've talked about it before you and I, like, you, you know, you figure out who those people are, you get them on the ship, you get them what they need, you unleash them. And the other folks like you doggedly protect your team. Uh, if somebody's, you know, cancerous, they're toxic, they got to go. It's not a, not a lot of like thinking that needs to be done. They're, they're not a good fit. They got to go.
1: People are very uncomfortable with having uncomfortable conversations.
0: Yeah, I know. That's unfortunate. And that's, I think that's, that's one of the big problems. Like, you know, I think, yeah, those conversations are tough, but. They got to happen. They got to happen in the long run. You know, the, the passive aggressive nonsense that'll pile up if you don't like, just be honest, like you're not a good fit. You don't fit with the vision. Best of luck. That's it. I had a friend of mine who.
1: Uh, it was going pretty bad, pretty quickly, and it was outside forces that were affecting our friendship mm. and uh, causing misbehavior on that person's side. So, brought that person into my office. Not an employee, actually, a friend. I was like, "Hey, listen, Saturday, why don't you come over here?" and uh, I think we need to get bloody. And mm-hmm. so, came in, closed the door, beat the piss out of each other for two and a half hours, yep. and walked out limping with broken arms and broken legs and yep. bloody faces. Yeah, And I got to tell you to this day, I am proud to say that our bond has never been stronger. That's a big deal. And, and it was the right person to have that conversation with, because both walked in with the intention of fixing this thing and it was worth it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have the courage to do that. There's a, there's a Bible verse that says something to the effect of, uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted. And that's what you're talking about there. Like, you know, you have a certain permission, y'all close the door. What's the problem? Tell me the problem. Here's my perception, and you duke it out. But he's a friend; he's trusted, and you you guys wound each other and duke it out, and come out with you know metaphorical black eyes. It's better uh, because he's given you he's giving you his perspective. You've given him your perspective, and it's better. It's clean. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah, and um, it's never fun. And I sometimes even to my own detriment try to avoid tough conversations, but I got to tell you, they are so paramount. And although they might hurt in the moment, I think people respect them yeah. significantly in the yeah. long run.
0: Yeah. Even if it's a hard word, man, folks respect the truth. We'll uh, say it forever. The truth is your friend. It's always your friend. Whatever comes as a result of you telling the truth, even if it's rowdy in the meantime, it's going to be the best case scenario. That's true.
1: Yeah, listen, bro, you know, you and I know, like I'm down to have a conversation on things I talk about. If you want to talk about a topic I have no interest in talking about or having no business talking about. It. I'm not getting involved. Yeah. But anything that I say, I will stand and before you and have the conversation. I'm yep. not afraid to back up the things that I'm saying. So, things that I've said on this podcast, I'm not perfect, but I believe in them. Yep. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. No, you got to hope we always say hold strong opinions loosely. But you got to have an opinion. <laughs> like you got to stand on something, you know. Yeah, anyway.
1: Listen, That's brother, good. it's been great. I got 25 minutes for our next podcast kicks off. Good work, Kyle. Good to talk to you as always. Be safe, dude. You're the best, brother. Yeah, and and we'll put this together again. And Corey, you know, we gotta we gotta get together some one of these fucking days.
0: Yeah, maybe that conference, man. You got your conference coming up; that'd be cool. You gotta come to that. Yeah, that'd be
1: cool. You're the okay. captain, bro. Fucking allocate some funds over there, huh? Yeah, I can make it happen for sure. Yeah, yeah. You're you listen. It's not some conference like they're gonna have a good time and all that, but like your people will leave with a enormous amount of training. I mean, really yeah. ROI on our train. We had a guy. Taught a class in Cleveland last year. Next day, I get a message from him because we left Cleveland, went back home tonight. This morning, one of our guys had to go back to work. This morning, he had one hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars on a traffic stop, first traffic stop. Okay. No because I had to beg the chief for fifteen hundred bucks to get five guys to the class, and we already got back a hundred x on our fucking investment.
0: <laughs> That's an easy conversation. You like that conversation? That's great. I mean,
1: he, and he said to me, he "Goes, bro, this changed everything for us at the moment." yes we haven't had money to figure out how to buy like new patrol cars and new patrol rifles and now yep. we can we know in nine or 15 months we're gonna get this money back and we're gonna right.
0: be able to buy patrol rifles for the whole division game changer bro that's awesome yeah. Yeah, that's good so stuff. you'll get you you,
1: you will it, it's not just about hanging out it really is a lot and bro you will see two thousand cops sitting down with pens and pads and they nobody's napping nobody's sleeping even hungover.
0: love it i love it yeah that's yeah. that's a glimpse of heaven right there i love that that's great all right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. See you, bud.
1: Hey, guys. Check out our upcoming training at streetcop.com. Don't forget, we have 50 instructors nationally teaching a variety of topics. These are the best classes you're going to experience in your career. We make sure of it. You're going to love it. I guarantee you you're going to be thankful that you went. Check us out at streetcop.com for all upcoming classes in your area.